And we welcome you to the Thursday morning show on WGTD. I'm Gregory Berg. And for the first time, I am welcoming uh, to our program in 2022, Brian Albrecht, the president of Gateway Technical College, who, of course, is a regular monthly visitor to the program. And we appreciate that so much. And uh, we're starting 2022 with a very important uh, topic, namely uh, the workforce here in southeastern Wisconsin. And uh, that's a very complicated topic, in a sense, much more complicated than it was a couple of years ago. And uh, we have a couple of special guests to help uh, enlighten us, and we'll introduce them in a moment. But first, Brian Albrecht, we welcome you back to the morning show. Happy New Year. Good morning, Greg, and Happy New Year to you and to all of our listeners out there. Hard for me to believe that it's halfway through the month of January already. But uh, other than the cold snap we had earlier this week, I'm feeling pretty optimistic about uh, we're going to make it through another winter season here in southeast Wisconsin. Very good. Of course, one thing that is not making this winter season easier is this really nasty uh, surge, thanks to the corona uh, virus and specifically the Omicron variant. Uh, what can you tell us about how this is impacting Gateway and Gateway's response to this uh, really serious and scary situation? Yeah, absolutely, Greg. And, you know, so I was reflecting a little bit on this. This is probably 22 months worth of uh, challenges we faced with our pandemic across this uh, globe. And every month we do a radio show and it seems like we start out with an update on COVID. And I wish I had different information today than I had 22 months ago, but it, it's pretty much the same that we are monitoring it on a daily basis. Uh, it has um, had an impact specifically on the way that we deliver our programs, even including uh, next week when we begin our spring semester. While we had fully intended to invite every student back, we were hoping that, you know, th that the uh, Delta variant would have been subsided. But now Omicron, of course, has taken over that a bit. So we're offering in-person, face-to-face hybrid and virtual programs beginning next week. So it's again, uh, a great credit to our faculty who have been able to make that shift and make sure that we keep our community safe by providing alternative means of, of their education and training here at the college. Now it'd also be important to acknowledge that many of our programs are lab-based programs. So difficult to become an airplane pilot without flying an airplane. So we still have a lot of face-to-face -face activities, whether it's first responders, law enforcement, nursing programs that are going to see a lot of uh, student activity on campus. And we're gonna help embrace and support that with our own protocols in social distancing, wearing a mask and making sure that students are protecting, keeping themselves safe. And you know, unfortunately in today's world, it's probably the norm going forward. It's one of those basic employment skills now that we've got to learn to protect our workspaces and better understand personal protective equipment and how do we prepare ourselves for the dynamics of the workplace of the future. A lot of stories have been written about the remote workplace, which is really important as well, but there still is a lot of work that can't be done remotely, right? We need to have people on site. You know, whether it's at a hospital setting or a healthcare setting or building out uh, additional capacity of manufacturing. So Gateway uh, replicates that in an education and training environment. So we're, we're doing our best to maintain all of our daily operations. And it's a credit to the great staff that we have here at the college. What else can you tell us about this spring semester coming up? Yeah, it's an exciting time always because, um, you know, with the challenges of what we're going to talk about today, the workforce, it's just put a a brighter light on the skill sets that our graduates are earning here at Gateway. So we're seeing record employment records. Students are being recruited at a very early age, transitioning into the workforce. And I'm fortunate. I have a chance to meet with a lot of students when they first enter Gateway. This week, as an example, I met with our new cohort 
of law enforcement officers, 32 of them. And we just graduated 38 uh, before Christmas. And now we have 32 new cadets that are in that program. Every one of them have already been hired by a local uh, law enforcement agency. It might be a sheriff's department. It might be a, a local police department. They're so excited about their future career. They, they're eager to get started. And, you know, and in a few short 17 weeks, they'll be licensed officers uh, protecting our community. So that's the type of work that we do. Spring semester brings that vitality back in because, again, it's, it's fresh and new for a lot of people. And many of our students are using this time as their graduation semester because traditional academic programs would be after the spring term, you have commencement and graduate. Well, we graduate every 15 weeks. We just celebrate it once a year during the spring semester. So a lot of students will be completing their degrees and on their pathway into serving our community. But as we all know, uh, the types of services we provide here at Gateway are, are the types that are are embedded in our community so tightly, whether it's the trades and the technical skills or whether it's the transfer programs and students going on to baccalaureate degrees, kind of we're the feeder system to all of those different levels of education. And, and that's why it's important that we continue to provide uh, access through Gateway. Excellent, excellent. And of course that touches on the topic that we'll be exploring uh, in, in just a couple of minutes. I know before we get to our special guests, uh, you have something of a farewell you have to say, and I'm sure it is not a fun farewell at all because uh, you're, you're saying goodbye to somebody who's been such an important part of, uh, of the Gateway family and the Gateway success story over the last few years. Yeah, absolutely. Right before the holidays, uh, our provost, Zena Haywood, announced her retirement. So I know she's listening. She listens to the program each month. And I want to just say thank you, Zena, for all that you've done for Southeast Wisconsin, the entire Gateway community. Your leadership is something that has made a big mark uh, in our community's uh, college's success. And I, I think about some of the things that Zena brought to the campus when I first came here. She had been here before I was here and uh, her vision of creating a model college and creating standards of excellence. And now the schools that we have within the college, so an academic flavor and the transfer onto the university system and all of the support systems that we have for students, including student life, international education, and all of the different organizations and clubs that we support uh, for our students. And you know, we're going to miss Zena, absolutely, but there's, there's no better time in a person's life, I think, than when you're able to look toward that, that end line and say like, hey, I made it to the end zone and now I can go and celebrate with my, my happy dance. So congratulations to Zena in her retirement. Craig, she's going to be with us yet for uh, several months through, through June. So we're going to work her really hard these last few months and uh, squeeze every bit of experience out of her we can. But uh, again, we're never going to be able to replace her. And I just want to also acknowledge the fact that on Monday, of next week, uh, we'll celebrate Martin Luther King Day uh, celebration. And Zena is the catalyst behind that and has been for 28 years now we've been offering that program. And um, I'm really honored that we're gonna be able to offer it again this year, it'll be virtual. So all of our listeners, if you go to the Gateway website, gtc.edu, you'll find the link. Please join us, Zena will be speaking. Many of our community members will be recognized in honor for their, for their humanitarian service that they provided. And it's always a grand event with uh, entertainment and so on. So looking forward to that event coming up on Monday and another opportunity for me to acknowledge Sina. Fantastic. And I hope that before she departs, we can maybe have her on the morning show one more time. That's a great idea. I'll, I'll schedule her. Career. Very good. <laughs> well, we have two special guests that we have kept waiting long enough. So tell our listeners uh, who you've invited to join us today. Yeah, you know, starting out the new year, I was trying to think of what a theme would work. And boy, it is the front line of every newspaper and every television story that I see. And this is, you know, the, the impact that COVID and 
other scenarios, including just the plain demographics of society are having on the workforce. So I chose workforce initiatives for our topic today. And I have two very dear friends and experts in this space that are fully representative of Southeast Wisconsin, have a knowledge base much deeper than I do in some of the uniquenesses of the changing and transitioning workforce. Doug Bartz is the director of the Kenosha County Job Center. And I've known Doug for uh, well over 18 years in my work here in Southeast Wisconsin. Um, served with him on the workforce board and the youth initiatives. And he's just been a, such a strong champion for the role that Gateway can play in helping build capacity for, for workforce. And Beth Norris, who actually I knew before I came down to Southeast Wisconsin. So Beth and I probably have been colleagues for 25 or 30 years already and has been really instrumental locally here and now has moved on to a broader role for all of Southeast Wisconsin and including the Waukesha area and brings a broad picture to what the national spotlight is on workforce and how collectively our counties and our organizations within those counties can continue to work together to build regionalism around workforce initiatives. So they're both here uh, today and I'm really grateful for their time and I look forward to our conversation. Fantastic. We welcome Doug Bartz, Director of the Kenosha County Job Center and Beth Norris, Operations Manager for Southeast Wisconsin Workforce System. We're really glad you're both here. Thanks for making time for this conversation in your busy schedules. Uh, Doug Bartz, uh, let's begin with you. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you come from originally, and, uh, and what your responsibilities are as Director of the Kenosha County Job Center. Good morning, thank you for having me. Um, so yeah, I've, I'm, I'm from Southeastern Wisconsin. I, I've been all over. I, I graduated high school in Union Grove. Um, I live in Walworth County currently. And it, you know, I, my main office is based out of the Kenosha County Job Center. So I'm Southeast Wisconsin through and through. And um, for a while I had left with uh, Uncle Sam and joined the military, was in the army for a total of about seven years and, and didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. And I, I got a degree in criminal justice and went to work in the prison systems. And it, it really wasn't my thing. Um, but I learned in there the need for um, social services. And, and I got involved with uh, re-entry work out of the Milwaukee County system, working with um, uh, you know people that were involved in the justice system there and helping them transition out and into work. And that's really how I got my start in this area. And, you know, now I'm down here in Kenosha. I've been here for the last 10 years and uh, doing those things, you know, helping people succeed in workforce. Doug, I love your story because it just so resonates so strong with, um, with I think, the, the attitudes of work in Southeast Wisconsin. You grew up here, went to school here, stayed here, and uh, served our country, by the way. Thank you for that. Appreciate your service for that. And now continuing to work on how do we build pathways and connections for young people and adults to for them to find success here in the workforce. And that is so true about our region of the state. People, they they like it here. They grow up here. They want to stay here. And through Gateway, we can help build some skill sets that are going to allow them to be successful in their career paths here. Absolutely. Beth Norris, uh, we're happy that you can join us as well. Tell us about the American Job Center Network, which evidently the Southeast Wisconsin workforce system is maybe uh, part of. Tell, tell us what that's all about and your responsibilities. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me and happy 2022 to all of you. Um, the American Job Center Network is all the services and programs available in Racine, Walworth, and Kenosha counties to optimize the local talent pool. And that is truly a mouthful. 
Um, services are designed first to meet the needs of employers because that's where the jobs come from. So we need job demand. And then in turn to meet all the needs of the population from people that are young all the way through their last job and retirement. And lately, even we try to get them not to retire or come back from retirement post-retirement. Post um, so if you think of the healthcare system, which is very complex and has a lot of different pieces, the public workforce system is very similar. There are many different organizations, a lot of specialization, things are occurring um, in different places. And for employers, you know, this ranges from things that will help them to expand their business, build a business, um, retool how they do their operations, adopt technology, um, find where workers can be recruited from, including special pools. Um, and for job seekers, that's everything related to getting onto a career path. Um, and we want everyone to get onto a career path that will you that they will follow throughout their whole working life. So that's their first job, that's their career plan, that's um, their education, additional credentials, um, job shift and change, and on occasion when they needed some sort of public supports. So although it's a very um, comprehensive and robust system and involves many different organizations, the great news is, is that the services can be accessed through hubs or single sites, which are called job centers. And we have three of those in our region, one in Kenosha, one in Racine, and one in Walworth County. And um, we also now, based on you know, everything that's gone on with uh, the pandemic, we also have really solid access via technology. So um, a lot of services are co-located in these, these buildings or locations. So really an employer or an individual really just need to walk through the door or make contact um, and then but additionally through our partnerships with the the entities that might not be on under the roof like our um, partners in education like gateway technical college really there's no wrong door so the network itself is so strong that you know ideally a person can walk into any of the partners and access all of the services across the system and so that's what the american job center network is that is the national brand um, and so it is a national system our local brand is Southeastern Works. Beth, I, I'm really intrigued with your explanation there. And I love the idea, no wrong door. That's probably going to be our new bumper sticker here at, at Gateway. But it's an integrated uh, system. So it's important to recognize that like in Walworth County on our Elkhorn campus of Gateway, that's where we host the jobs uh, center staff there. We're partnered in Racine County. We have staff that report to the job center in Racine. We've done that for years in Kenosha as well. So you're right, it's an integrated system. Your explanation of, if you think about a business and you, you modeled healthcare, which is so true, oftentimes you think of, in our world, the end product, nursing graduates, right? are gonna go into the hospital setting. But a hospital has everything. They have IT specialists, they have HVAC technicians, they have custodial facility uh, managers, they have HR departments, just like any business. And so we've gotta keep our workforce um, strategies as broad as possible to help build capacity in all of those different career paths for every industry sector. And I exactly. And I appreciate, Beth, your description of, of these job centers and the function that they uh, play in terms of being kind of a uh, place where you can come and access an array of, of, of different possibilities and different resources, whichever one or ones will be the most helpful to you. So if we looked at the various job centers in our region, are they pretty much all the same or, or do they vary according to the needs of particular communities? 
Well, each job center is a snowflake, <laughs> to use an analogy that goes along with winter. So there is a uniqueness and a culture in every job center in Southeast Wisconsin and Wal Racine, Walworth and Kenosha County. And then that would expand throughout the broader region, Milwaukee, Waukesha, Zaki, Washington, and through the state and through the nation. So the centers themselves all are very local and based on the local culture, the partners, the you know where they were housed in the community, whether they're at a technical college or in the case of Racine and Kenosha, whether they're in county buildings. But they all share in common a lot of the same services, the same philosophy, and the same goal. So um, it really shouldn't matter which center you walk into in Southeast or anywhere, the, the vast array of services that you will be able to access will be consistent and similar. Um, there are differences in the economies. So when you look at the training programs that are offered through um, Gateway Technical College versus say a technical college up in Northern Wisconsin, um, the workforce board brings together employers and in concert with the education partners really makes sure that the training and education programs are tailored to what the needs of local industry is. So there is variation based on what those employer partnerships are in any given local part of the economy. Um, we have seen that the economy is going more and more regional and you know we, we've heard for years that it's gone more and more global. So we have seen that the lines between areas has really become a lot more permeable because in many cases it does make sense for um, a training program or a solution for employers to cover a bigger uh, regional geography just because that's the way the workforce is working and the employers are working. Also, as um, Brian was talking about some of these more tailored training programs, it gives a bigger pool if you open up to a bigger region. So it's a really interesting blend between when does it make sense to do things very local and when is it more helpful and add value to open things. Yeah, I think it's a great example. Uh, um, so Beth leads uh, the board, the Southeast Wisconsin Workforce Board Discussion Groups, and I'm fortunate to serve on that. So in that scenario, we get to learn what's going on in Waukesha County, Ozaki County. That includes Moraine Park Technical College, Milwaukee Area Technical College, Waukesha County Technical College. And it expands our vision for what programming offerings are taking place in other colleges similar to ours and what's happening with workforce trends in those other regions. Because as we know, even though we want to focus in on maybe the counties that we represent, as an individual, you know, you have choices, right? You might drive to Franklin or you might drive, you know, to, uh, to, to um, uh, Waukesha for your job. So we've got to be in touch with what's happening in those other areas of Southeast Wisconsin. For those of you just joining us, uh, today is... Uh, monthly visit of Brian Albrecht, the president of Gateway Technical College, his first visit of 2022. And with us, two very special guests, uh, Beth Norris, operations manager for Southeast Wisconsin Workforce System, and Doug Bartz, who is director of the Kenosha County Job Center. Uh, Doug Bartz, it must feel so strange to be directing the Job Center at a point in time when things are so kind of topsy-turvy from what we often think of in terms of the purpose of the job center. I mean, I think of when it first opened and for probably most of its history, it was mostly for, uh, or we've assumed that it was mostly to help people who can't find a job, find a job. And and now of course the, uh, the workforce uh, climate is completely different and it is so much about worker shortages and employers 
in need of employees. Uh, so how does uh, something like the Kenosha County Job Center respond to that and, in, and to what would appear at least to the glance to be like a flip of what your primary purpose has been in the past? Well, you know, our, our, our purpose remains the same. Our purpose is to, you know, train, educate, and, and provide social services um, to people that, you know, need that assistance to help them find um, find a job or, or a career is really what the goal is. And, you know, we're bringing businesses and learning what their needs are and, and you know, providing um, a, a, maybe even a different sort of training um, to what people need. It's, it might be more upgrading skills or, um, you know, providing some educational resources through our, 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 our higher learning network um, and upgrading their skills so that they can take some, some of the higher level jobs that are out there and available in southeastern Wisconsin. So, you know, uh, our, although it may look a little bit different how we're doing it, we're still doing the same thing. Right. And, and in a sense, uh, you're doing the same thing, but in a sense, you're, you're, it, it would seem now like you're as, as much helping employers as employees, because employers are in such desperate need of, of workers right now. What are some of the trends that you have seen primarily in, in this respect in terms of, of, uh, of shortages in the workforce? So, you know, it's being addressed a lot of different ways. Um, employers have to be, you know, more flexible in, in, in what they're doing and what they're offering to, you know, meet the needs of, of our current, you know, societal pandemic and, and how we're addressing those, um, like permanent remote work. Um, there's greater investments by employers in, in mental health, and there's a, a much larger focus on um, diversity and equity um, in the workplace. And so, you know, there, there's there's a lot of different things happening and a lot of different parts. Um, and, and this is why it's good and, and why, you know, Wisconsin has announced some of these workforce innovation grants um, that are aimed at, um, you know, all 11 of our workforce regions um, and, you know, collaboratively and sustainably, you know, to have some innovation in the pandemic recovery and, and getting the employers the help they need and getting the people that, you know, need the work and matching them together. Yeah, I've, I found some interesting, I serve on another board to the National Science Foundation on a project called The Future of Work. And we're really trying to help identify, you know, what are the types of skill sets that uh, future current and future employees are going to be expected to have and some good ones that we can all probably resonate, you know, so digital literacy, that's always talked about, right? We've got to be fluent in the way that we manage um, uh, software and IT, um, but also this idea of how, how do you become a worker that's going to be mobile and be able to work from remote locations or unique circumstances now in special industries like essential worker industries. One thing that I've noticed that uh, Doug and Beth both are leading is a much stronger outreach to employers effort, which may have been shifted a little bit from a, you know, a few years ago, really seeking out what employers 
needs are and how do we help identify those needs and design programs around some very specific needs. And it can go from as, as simple as uh, uh, job fairs and career fairs that maybe are targeted to specific industries. Doug, I remember one we did recently for um, CDL drivers, truck drivers, because, you know, without someone to transport our goods, we're all living at home in our, in our living rooms, kitchens. We need someone to deliver that. So there's specific targeted outreach efforts that uh, both of them are doing in order to help create an environment for uh, people to find those job pathways. Yeah, I, and I couldn't agree more. I, I, you know, early on, probably six months into to, to our situation now, um, I had a conversation with a company that said, um, you know, we are no longer bound by looking at people that live within a certain distance to travel here. We can recruit in Montana if we want, because now we have this shift in workforce that they can work remote. And that, and that was huge. Yeah, you know, just recently, some articles, of course, that have been written are about sort of the great resignation, a lot of people leaving their current work environment, not that they want to never work again, they just want to find a different balance in their work. So that's, that's a unique perspective that you have to think about. It's not just a dislocated work with those that are choosing a different work uh, path. And then just this week, I think it was highlighted quite uh, regularly in the local papers here about the um, number of women that are leaving the workforce for other circumstances, it might be childcare, might be the conditions that, that are being pushed in, might be because some traditional occupations like nursing has primarily been uh, led by women. And so the stress is so high there that people are opting out of that. So I read once that it's in, in Wisconsin, up to 50% of the women are considering leaving their current job. That is a huge shift in the way that we think about work, workers, and employment strategies. So a lot of demographics are working against us, COVID's working against us, and then, of course, just the nature of work is changing. Uh, Doug Bartz, uh, Gateway recently announced uh, a $5 million grant for workforce services, and uh, my understanding is that you had something to do with that. Uh, tell our listeners about this grant, what it's for, and, and what you hope uh, it's going to lead to. Yeah, this was uh, this was an amazing collaboration, um, and it was just bringing everybody together and and sort of trying to define some way that we could help um, you know bring people into the workforce and and help with them career laddering up and and so out of that came the Southeast Wisconsin Talent Optimization Project. And, and really, this, this is going to help address the need for, for educated workers in high demand fields. Um, so we have a large number of adults who can't address that need due to you know, lacking basic high school credentials. And so this program is gonna consist of, of a four week pre-HSED program followed by 16 weeks of the Work Ready HSED program. Um, it's been a great program that has been modeled at, at the Racine County um, Workforce Center um, for several years now. It has had some great success stories. Um, and, you know, what we wanted to do was expand that and, and make it available for all of southeastern Wisconsin. And, and not only just in person, but also online, um, centrally located, you know, um, Day and evening classes. We really have have worked with the uh, the Gateway team to 
make this so that it is inclusive to everybody. And then along with that, we'll be providing some individual case management services. We'll be providing some navigation to people that are, are entering into this program so that they can go on to some of the higher learning opportunities afterwards or go straight into employment. It, it's very exciting for Southeastern Wisconsin and the partnership is awesome. And, and I hope our audience can uh, visualize the smile that Doug has on when he's talking about this because it is so important. And I just want to acknowledge Doug, he's very modest. You know, he gives other people all the credit and attention, but he's the person. He's the person that brought everyone together. Lots of organizations. I counted one time 28 different organizations in the room, all trying to get on the same page. That's not easy, right? It's like everybody's trying to do their own unique thing. And he, he kind of settled in on this whole idea of let's help build adult credentialing so that we can expand the workforce, but also help people elevate their, their career path. And uh, traditionally, uh, Gateway would serve uh, in partnership with the workforce boards around 400 students with this type of credential. With this new grant, it'll triple. It'll be over 1,300 adults. So we're going to really see an impact. And uh, each of those adults will have a chance to not only gain credentials, but um, accelerate their career path so they have financial rewards along with all of that so that they can better sustain their families. And it's going to have an economic impact you know, over, over time of millions of dollars for Southeast Wisconsin. Very good. Beth Norris, back to you. And uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about what the workforce system has to offer and, and, and how those resources and services are typically accessed by, for instance, an employer. Um, sure, I would love to. So uh, it's funny because a little earlier we had the comment of no wrong door. I think we're also getting to the point of no wrong website. <laughs> so um, if, if I were going to boil it down to four good starting places for where an individual could access services, I would first start with um, a website, Southeast Works, which is S-E-W-R-K-S dot com. And so that would be a potential gateway website that would connect a, an employer or an individual to the, the path to all the different services that are available. Or I would direct to the three locations of 1717 Taylor Avenue in Racine, 8600 Sheridan Avenue in Kenosha, or 400 County Road H in Elkhorn. And for individuals, um, really, a person is going to be able to go and first find just plain information and resources. Um, where are the jobs in Wisconsin? Those are listed through Job Center of Wisconsin and through, uh, forgive me, um, Dr. Albrecht, for not remembering the, the new name to the um, job listing system of um, the technical college system. But those are places that a person can find jobs, find information on wages and um, the labor market in general, what industries are, are in demand, where there's growth opportunity. Um, after that, individuals based on their circumstance will be able to um, do an assessment of what their skills are, look at educational opportunities and develop an individualized plan. Um, keep in mind that if a person is a veteran and is served, um, they're gonna get priority services and specialized services. Um, if a person might have a disability, um, if someone's in the 55 plus category, such as me, um, the workforce services that are available through the system really break down into a lot of different um, groups because there are potentially different needs. Um, and once an individual gets on a path, 
um, they will have someone to help them. And often there will be funding to help with the cost of their training, tuition, and perhaps some of the supportive services that they need while they're while they're upskilling. Um, and really, you know, you heard about uh, expanding the credentialing system for adults. That's really the trend for where things are going. So the days of a person going, getting some sort of degree and then being done, those days are done. So a person is going to, throughout their career, need to go get additional training, additional credentials, um, possibly in a technology or a software. Um, or a specific piece of equipment. And that's gonna kind of continue on through a person's working life. Um, along the way, people are gonna hit bumps. And we see that where people become unemployed and they may need some unemployment insurance or some temporary supports. And then the assistants to look at how can they take that skill set, retool it for that next career opportunity. Um, and so the workforce system is helping people at every step. And the technical college system is making sure that the education is adapting to meet the evolving needs of industry and employers in the region. Um, and so really the blend is, is something magical. <laughs> for an employer, the same thing I would just say is um, the employers can reach out through the economic development organizations because there is a very strong connection between those. Um, we do have an employer team that works specifically to serve employers in the region. And again, they can be accessed through southeastworks.com. Um, and each of the different partner agencies that the, the Gateway Technical College and you know, many of the other organizations, the state of Wisconsin Department of Workforce Development also have teams that are working with employers. So, you know, we package all those different tools, resources, incentives, and, you know, bring them to the table when any one of the representatives um, is contacted by an employer in the region. Beth, you just described what the workforce is like today. So we've got virtual resources, website, virtual chats, and all of that. Uh, physical locations that people can go to. So if you're more comfortable meeting with someone, there's physical locations, new tools and technologies. So there's access to different methodologies to help people build their resumes and build some skill sets around all of that. Wraparound support services might be for childcare or transportation or others. Um, and I think about, you know, Gateway's role in that we have an employment services division that helps to support students in that journey. So as a student now gets close to graduation, they can be networked with employers that are seeking candidates through our network, uh, Tech Connect here in the technical college system and Handshake kind of across the entire state of Wisconsin. But these are virtual resources uh, aligned with a physical person to be able to help connect people. And that's really what we're all talking about today is how do we connect people with their skills, passions, and interests with the job opportunities in Southeast Wisconsin. If we're going to sustain a viable economy, it's going to take all of us uh, to do that. And I would just say to uh, any employers that are listening to today's program, um, and I mentioned right in the beginning that our graduates are, are being sought after very highly um, because of the technical skill sets they have. So it's best not to wait until a student graduates and completes their program. It's better to be partnered early on. It might be when they first start their program, get them involved in an internship program, some kind of work-based program, connect with your workforce development partners to be able to uh, help clarify the types of skills you're looking for so they can build talent pools for you. There's many different pools that we need to look at now. It's no longer just an ad in the paper or an announcement on a website. You've got to strategically look at where you're going to market and recruit your talent from. We see that with a lot of our companies in this area that are partnered with the college, and I invite any others to uh, to reach out. You can reach me directly at the college here, and I'll be happy to uh, connect you with our workforce team or our employment services division. Doug Bartz, it, it, uh, 
and, and Beth, feel free to chime in if you have an answer to this as well. I'm curious, uh, one of the things President Albrecht just said is about how employers sometimes need to rethink and, and go beyond the tried and true old methods of just put an ad in the paper or put a sign in your window and, and job seekers come, come streaming in. Uh, and now, of course, it's a very, very different situation. And, 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 and indeed, uh, many businesses are, 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 are all but desperate uh, to find the workers that they need. What do you hear from employers and for that matter from employees in terms of what employers are doing now uh, to make the whole business of going to work more attractive? Uh, we see, for instance, lots of signs about $2,000 signing bonus, but I know it goes beyond that as well, that they're trying to think of other ways to make just having a job uh, a more attractive prospect. Uh, what do you hear from, from various employers in the area? But I, I think you, you mentioned one is, you know, you're, you're seeing companies be more creative with what they offer as, as far as, you know, sign-on benefits and, and then the actual, you know, benefits that they receive um, for working there. Em employers have gotten created with, with benefit packages. And um, I think work-life balance, um, we, we hear a lot more employers talking about, you know, that the, the whole just balance between, you know, that flexibility. And, and those are all great things that, that are happening. It's really beneficial to everyone because I think when, when employers can often offer that, then, you know, their employees are happier. And I think that's, that's a big part of it. And, and Dr. Albert talked about the, the great resignation and people that are, are moving between these jobs. And those are some of the things they're looking for when they're moving through these jobs. So that can and I, I just a, would, a, a hidden silver lining in what yeah. feels mostly to be a, a, a really difficult situation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One silver lining is that maybe the, the situation of the typical American worker is going to be far more positive than it was maybe 20 or 30 years ago when the typical employer didn't have to worry about keeping their employees happy. That just, I mean, that just wasn't a topic that was very much talked about the way it's really talked about now quite a lot. Beth Norris, what were you going to add? Well, I was just going to say, I mean, first off, I love your comment because really it's a relationship. I mean, we spend as much time as we, as at our jobs as we do in our other family relationships. So um, it's nice to see that that's evolving over time. Uh, we encourage employers, and we have for a long time, it's just now I think that there's more ear to it, to look at some of those untapped labor flows. So people that are in the older demographic, um, people that might be coming off of, you know, a poverty situation that don't have a lot of work experience, you know, looking at working with the veterans, possibly people that are coming out of the prison system and, you know, really looking at what does it, what will work for that group to be employed in your organization. And that can be anything from just what the culture of the organization is in terms of how people get along and, you know, how the uh, company presents itself, because that will go a long way if the company meets the values of the people they are trying to recruit. Um, and then obviously some of those benefits to make sure that if people have children, they can get them to school and if they're older and they need, you know, to, to be done by dark, they can be done by dark, some of those obvious things like that as well. Um, but not to forget looking at being having a competitive wage. So I did hear a story yesterday where an organization had put out a 
a wage rate that seemed like it was competitive in the very local market, but when they looked in the broader regional market, they were on the low side. So um, we don't want to see a wage war, but we do want to see that the employers are really kind of making an optimal package in terms of what they're offering to people that they're trying to recruit, because that's going to give them their best bet. Um, another thing is, this pandemic has really changed the expectations of the workforce. People don't want to be working full-time in an office or physical setting if they don't have to. It's not that they only want to be home, but it is that they would like to see some sort of hybrid blend if possible with given the work that needs to be done. And so I think the employers that are able to adjust to that reality are going to have um, a more effective strategy at recruiting workers. And I just add this one note that I've witnessed too a little bit. Um, so there was probably a time, you know, 50 years ago where a company could come into a community and just do its work and not worry about the community so much. But boy, has that shifted. The successful employers in our region today are involved in our community. They're participating in dialogue around how do we build stronger communities. We see it very evidenced in Kenosha as an example, but it's everywhere as we build capacity in small and rural communities as well as some of the cities. So that engagement process is critical. Uh, especially to try to attract uh, younger workers, the dynamics of the environments in which we're all living in, whether it's the place and space of our employers and the types of amenities that go along with that. Um, it takes everyone. It takes local government. It takes education. It takes employers, private sector to build that type of infrastructure to keep people uh, in our region. And, um, We've got a great legacy in Southeast Wisconsin, you know, some major Fortune 500 companies that, that work here. They've been here for a century or so, um, but we also have to think about how do we bring new opportunities in and how do we build sustaining um, elements for the legacy, but build new opportunities for new employers as well. So lots of ways in which we can dissect this, but the fact is that people are looking for different types of work scenarios today. And I'm glad that we have both Doug and Beth helping to lead that discussion for us internally in the colleges, but also uh, across the region for our employers. Excellent. Uh, a last question, uh, Doug Bart, something that President Albrecht just said about employers caring about the community reminds me of an interview I did early in December with the author of a book called Untapped Talent, How Second Chance Hiring Works for Your Business and the Community. And this author, Jeffrey Korzenik, has worked for years in something that it sounds like was a, a very important part of your career early on, namely reentry work. And in particular, working with people in the incarcerated population, helping them make the transition uh, to the workforce in the outer world. And uh, talking about uh, the different ways in which that can be done. What do you see in this current climate in terms of this particular population? And does any of the work that you do now at the Kenosha County Job Center intersect with that particular matter? Absolutely, and, and it's, it's really exciting. And, and we've been working together with uh, Dr. Albrecht's team in the Workforce Division, and, and we're actually looking at, at running a class through uh, manufacturing um, where we will be um, taking trainees from Ellsworth and, and bringing them over to the uh, IMET Center to train them in manufacturing. And that this is all while they're still in, in the incarceration period. And so that when they you know, exit out of that system, they'll be able to go straight to work. And we're really excited about doing that. And then just the number of people that come in that might have some sort of a blemish on, on their record. And, and you know, it, it's not always you know, these big 
heinous crimes that that people might have done in their past. We're talking about very little uh, minor things that might be in their record and, and just helping people overcome those things or explain to them how they might need to look at the career and the choices that they're making as it coincides with that. So it, it's something near and dear. Yeah, I could add to that with Doug's support and the Department of Corrections um, initiatives. Gateway now has a program in Ellsworth, as Doug mentions. We also have one at Racine Correctional Institute. We have at the Youth Center in Kenosha, the Youth Center in Racine. Um, most of them are in manufacturing-based programs, but they expand. Once in a while, we have a culinary program or we'll, we'll do something in facility maintenance. Uh, there's a, opportunities that are starting to really build out some capacity for individuals to transition back into society through education. And uh, the success rate has is, is been remarkable. Um, I'm always inspired when I go to their graduation ceremonies because their whole family is there. They're cheering them on. They know that this is the step they've been looking for in order to, to build a sustaining life in our community. Beth Norris, uh, so how do people access uh, more information uh, about the Southeast Wisconsin uh, workforce system? Well, I would direct people to southeastworks.com as one singular website. But again, I would say any of us on the call, Doug Bartz, Brian Albrecht, Beth Norris, myself, um, would be um, get you in the right direction, as would any of those doors. Um, and I would for sure encourage anyone listening to this to visit the IMED Center if you haven't. So if you really want to see a jewel and a gem, which should inform everybody's thinking for what the future looks like, employer or citizen alike, get to the IMET Center because you will get a lot of insight into the future of the workforce and the economy by going there. Very good. Doug Bartz, do you want to add anything in terms of uh, people contacting the Kenosha County Job Center? What's the very best way to do that or ways to do that? Well, yeah, there's there's so many different ways. Um, of course, this the center is open. You can stop in to learn about all the resources there. Um, as Beth mentioned, it's you can go to the Southeast Works website, S-E-W-R-K-S.com. Um, and, and and then you can you can always call, but I, I think just coming in or going to the website is probably going to be the best methods because you'll actually be able to visualize what, what, what the story is saying and how to be involved. Very good. And we should probably remind our listeners uh, that there is a similar sort of job center in Racine County and another in Walworth County. And so depending on where you're listening uh, to this program and this conversation, uh, it probably makes sense to seek out the job center nearest to you, although any job center <laughs> Uh, that you contact is going to be able to offer you a lot of important information and great help. Well, this has been a terrific conversation, and I'm so glad that uh, we could have uh, both of you joining us today. Doug Bartz, Director of the Kenosha County Job Center, and Beth Norris, Operations Manager for Southeast Wisconsin Workforce System. Thank you so much uh, for being part of the morning show today, and thank you for all the good work that, uh, that you are doing uh, on this important issue. Thanks for having us. And President Brian Albrecht, always a pleasure. I look forward to our further conversations uh, through 2022. You bet, Greg. Thank you. I'm Gregory Berg.